clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Welcome in to Simultaneous Catch. My name is Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Hot Dog. Hot diggity dog is really what we need to say in order to get this episode up and running. <laughs> but we're not on a phone call right now. We're sitting across from each other. We're back in the same room together talking football. It's something. It's uh, It's been quite the journey this year. <laughs> that is the understatement of... I was going to say a decade, but... That's probably a little dramatic. That's probably a little dramatic, but I am a little dramatic, in case you all forgot, because it's been so long since we've recorded an episode. But we're back, man. Football's back. Preseason's over. Big trades have happened. Transactions, free agency, the draft that we covered, kind of, on our live stream. But it's going to be great. We're back at it. We're going to be here every week of the NFL season, have our bye week somewhere in the middle there. We've got... Fun guests that are coming coming on the show now that we're here in West Virginia together, and uh, I think it's going to be another great season of the NFL. The NFL, <laughs> as you can see, that we uh, with no no uh, no hitches in our giddy ups here. We're right back in it, hitting the ground running. Welcome back for the fifth season of Simultaneous Catch. Let's get right into it. Let's go right into some news and notes. Um, obviously, or well, not obviously, we are recording on the cut day. The NFL, so rosters were cut down to 53 people today, so a lot of surprising cuts, a lot of uh, low-end trades for 7th round picks in 3 years, things like that, Um, but one of the biggest news uh, things that I wanted to get into and discuss really quick was the injury of Brian Robinson Jr., uh, I don't know how well-versed you are in this news story, but he was involved in a rob- an armed robbery and uh, was shot twice. A little more than an injury. He was shot twice, and I read today that one of the shots went directly through his knee but miraculously missed anything important. Obviously, being shot is... I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say not great, but that sounds terrible. Wow, we're not missing a beat here. But uh, according to the report, it didn't hit any bones, ligaments, or anything like that. So there's no massive amount of damage um, to this injury. But I thought that this was just so shocking. We were in the middle of a fantasy draft over the weekend, and it happened. And in the middle of the draft, people were adjusting their boards and doing all kinds of stuff. So I thought it was just a, a crazy story. And uh, I thought Terry McLaurin and both Terry McLaurin and Coach um, Ron Rivera had some very, very poignant words to say on the matter. I don't know if you have heard either of them speak, but they both spoke very eloquently about gun violence and the situation in general, but I thought this was uh, uh, newsworthy. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's it's significant that it occurred to, although a rookie, a, a high-profile individual, and it, it, it's sad that we consider that news because of the, the state of the world as a whole, but the country, I mean, it very much is is an issue that we face with numerous times uh, throughout every year of mass shootings and whether or not it's in schools or just a public place or 
there are things that I think that you would find interesting just about how I don't even know the name of, I believe it's a series with, I believe, Natalie Portman that they were filming, I think, in Boston somewhere that they had to relocate just because of threats of gun violence. uh, Wow, no, I didn't know that. That's. I mean, it is very much an issue and... Um, but we're not here to talk politics. Sure, of course um, not. Of course, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that that occurred. Um, but I think uh, Brian Robinson Jr. has has been a, an absolute amazing person about it. Has had good spirits. Uh, surgery's gone well. Like you said, it's great to know that uh, there's there's no extensive uh, damage or whatnot to his leg uh, and that hopefully we'll see him on the football field soon. Yeah. And again, obviously we're not going to belabor the point again. We're not a political podcast, but I thought it was, it, it was important to bring up and this goes, we never had this conversation with the podcast, but I've had this conversation before uh, talking about the Kim and Kanye situation where how crazy is it that a celebrity woman of Kim Kardashian's status has to worry about a crazy ex-boyfriend and relating that to this situation is that you know somebody as high of a status as a Brian Robinson Jr. and even like you just mentioned a Natalie Portman film still experiencing the effects of gun violence in in our country so just pointing out that it doesn't matter what sort of level you are on socially fiscally whatever Everybody is susceptible to this, meaning that it's not just a problem based off of where you are in your life, right? So I thought it was an interesting situation to bring up. Brian Robinson Jr. was climbing up depth charts and draft boards around in the fantasy football community. He's an incredible young talent. We hope that this doesn't do anything to slow down his career. Obviously, early on, he's going to not play, but we hope that it doesn't affect his long-term standing as a career of running back in the NFL. So let's cut right to cuts, signings, etc. I think the big thing for here is just to talk about, are there any things that, obviously I'm assuming that you as long, as well as me have been kind of monitoring throughout the day. Like, are there any big names, things like that? So are there some surprising names that made teams slash didn't make teams for you so far? Um, I wasn't necessarily focusing so much on who made teams okay. versus who didn't make teams. Okay. And, I think it kind of goes without say that no one of these names is really a big name. Sure, right? you're, No sure. one's like, I cut Aaron Rodgers. Right, or, right. Josh Allen didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, we're on the we're on the season of like, uh, oh, sources tell me Josh Allen made the roster jokes. So, but obviously there are names <laughs> that carry stories and what Alex Leatherwood from that was the first the, one I was going to bring Raiders, up. Mm-hmm. Former just. Two, two years ago? I don't. It was 2021. I don't know if you realize this, though. These are the Raiders draft picks from 20, first round draft picks from 2019 to 2021. Cleland, Cleland Farrell and Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram are all on the team, but all their fifth year options were declined. And 2020, Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett both were waived for personal reasons outside of the team. And then Alex Weatherwood now waived after one season. That's one, that's five first round picks, two of which are gone. Or three of which are gone, and three other ones future in question. Yeah, absolutely. They are not a fan of the John Gruden, Mike Mayock classes and whatnot, especially in the the first round. There, that that that's a doozy. And you know, often I think when we have these situations, you talk about putting the organization back X amount of years or whatnot. But I think the Raiders are doing just fine. Obviously, they had a lot to wash their hands off last year with with Gruden and whatnot I think they're trying to do that they've brought in some free agents that are really exciting and people are talking about them really competing in their division we'll have to see how that plays out we'll talk more about that next time when we talk about the AFC but yeah I mean for for that all that being said the Vegas Raiders really are not in an awful position because and maybe it's more of a tip your cap to Mayock because later round picks have have turned out right so we think of Max mm-hmm. Crosby so everyone was talking about Farrell how that was what he was like the third pick I think yeah he obviously never developed into an extreme pass rusher but uh, Max Crosby has I think he was drafted in the third I yeah think? it was later in the so, third or fourth like because they have pieces like that that came out of mm-hmm. the woodwork if you yeah. want to say that they're they're in an all right position so 
But yeah, that's that's obviously a big deal when a first round pick and I believe an upper first round pick was that was a top fifteen, wasn't it? I think it was fifteen, if I'm remembering correctly, because the Jacobs was in the twenties, I think. That's a big deal. Another name that I was surprised about, and then I have one that I just find interesting. The story. I'm surprised, kind of. It all makes sense with what we've all been thinking about, but Marlon Mack being released from Houston. That was a name I was going to bring up as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Damien Pierce has been a very, very popular name. uh, It's going to be real hard to keep people under wraps now that Marlon Mack's no longer on the roster. I mean... And as much as I like the the young kid, I was really excited about Marlon Mack. Because Marlon Mack is a player that I really just respect as a player. And I feel like he's... He's kind of, in my opinion, ready the the Tarod Taylor of running backs, where he That's has an interesting talent, comparison. But it just keeps getting cut down. So from it was injury, and then Jonathan Taylor came on. So question for you, and I and this could I, I could be wrong here. Do you think that, and this isn't this is half a joke, but like, do you think it's because of our Madden history with Marlon Mack and how incredible you made him that you are looking at him more positively? No, I think I wanted to make him a man star. Okay, because okay, because you were like, okay, because I I do agree that I thought you know obviously he had it was with Indianapolis, right? Yeah, Indianapolis where he was incredible for a full season and then got injured, and Jonathan Taylor sort of took over. So I definitely believe and see that he's had had talent, but I don't I don't know if it's as surprising as I initially thought it would be, especially seeing. Uh, how good Damian Pierce looked in the in the uh, preseason, and obviously they also have Rex Burkhead, who they really like as a third down back type option. And if you're going to center around those two guys, if there's a third running back that I can't think of right now that's there that I know that they like, um, it's not you know like you just said. A lot of these names are not people that are going to knock your socks off, um, but that did pique my interest when I saw that one for sure. Um, I have a couple of like uh, nice stories that made rosters that I wanted to point out real quick. People that those of you listening may not know that maybe not follow it as closely as Josh and I do. But Lance McCutcheon, an undrafted wide receiver, made the 53-man roster for the the Los Angeles Rams. There were 28 wide receivers drafted in this year's draft. And Lance McCutcheon was not one of them. He was a long shot to make the team. And they're a pretty loaded wide receiver room with a bunch of veterans and stuff. But McCutcheon made the roster. He was undeniable. And McVay just couldn't cut him. I think that's a really cool story. I think he led the all receivers this preseason with receiving yards. Um, and then another receiver. I don't know if you know of this guy, Jared Bernhardt. Have you heard of him? I have not. So he is the best lacrosse player in the nation in 2021. Um, and then he was a quarterback in 2021 after that for a D1 championship team. And he's going to make the Falcons 53-man roster. Uh, now, it's obviously way more impressive for a guy like Lance McCutcheon to make a wide receiver room that's as good as LA's. Um, but the Falcons, you know, maybe lacking a little bit in receiver, do still have some guys. And for him to make the roster is pretty cool as well. Um, so I always love those long shot stories, and I always feel like they never play out, in my mind at least. Um, I mean, people who listen to the show, I was pining for, um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting his name, <laughs> um, uh, Devin Wade to make the uh, Bills, or, or is that his name? I can't remember anymore. Um, there was a, a Christian yeah, yes. Wade, Christian yeah. Wade, thank you. Uh, Devin Wade, isn't Devin Wade the name of the CPU character that you play in Madden, long shot? I think that's his name. I think that's his name. But anyway, Christian Wade, the lacrosse player to make the Bills roster every year, and he never did. So it's cool to see guys like uh, Bernhardt and McCutcheon both make rosters for sure. The one that I found interesting, and I'll be curious to see if this is just purely from a football maneuvering standpoint, which I think it is, was Logan Ryan got released in Tampa. Okay. Logan Ryan was signed this offseason and from all reports was going to be a starter, was playing very well throughout camp and whatnot. He was released today. The speculation is he's going to be re-signed tomorrow, that they released Logan Ryan today so they could put Ryan Jensen, who is injured, on, I believe... The non-season ending. Yeah, so the so reserve. this is a new rule. I don't know if people understand this, so this might be a good thing to to mention to to listeners is that the new rule is that if you want to put somebody on IR 
and they're allowed to return after four games, they have to make the initial 53-man roster. So there are certain players, like you just said, probably Ryan Jensen, who had to make the roster so that they could be put on that returnable IR and then add those other players that they had that just didn't make the, you know, the edges. So since Ryan is a veteran player of so long, he doesn't have to go through waivers, so he's technically a free agent that can sign anywhere. Right. The idea is he comes back tomorrow. Which makes sense, which makes uh, a lot of sense for sure. Uh, other big names that I want to talk about, this is important, Tavon Austin did not make it in Buffalo. I just want to point out that he was cut last week. Tavon Austin. Terrible I player. That probably sucks for you. Yeah, listen, there are... There, uh, Nathan Peterman there's a short did not that make he did in not. Chicago. Oh, nay, he'll sign somewhere as like a practice squad player. Uh, but this one is kind of a joke, but also not really, mostly picking at you. That Kellen Mond was really... That, that, that was going to be the last one I brought up before we transition to the next section. I was really shocked by that, and then I thought about it. They just traded for Nick Mullins. It's a brand new regime. They probably just... Don't you know they don't have the ties to Kellen Mond as the last one did? I mean, Kellen Mond's career isn't completely over. Someone's gonna pick him up either on a practice squad or just on a like, hey, let's get this kid in the room and see what happens. But Kellen Mond was definitely a quarterback that I loved coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, and I uh, thought I saw some some flashes and some preseason moments, and uh, he played in the game or two last season as well. Um, I think he has a lot of really great tools. He's got a cannon. He's athletic. Um, so we'll see what happens. He was a former third-round pick, though, and that was surprising, too, considering we just saw a seventh-round pick of Miami make a roster because they were afraid he was going to be picked up by somebody else if they got rid of him. So Skylar Thompson for the Corona. League. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else in news and notes before we move on? Uh, not in that way, but you know there are you you made the joke about the trade that happened today yeah. between New Orleans and Philly, but I think it's significant. Chance, Chance, uh, Gardner Johnson, yeah, he was traded to Philadelphia for a fifth and a sixth round pick, but they also Philadelphia got a seventh round pick. Yeah, the, this is a slam dunk for Philadelphia. And it's truly just one of the things we talk about it often throughout the course of the year or free agency personally. It, this came down to New Orleans wasn't going to pay him down mm-hmm. the road where yeah. Philadelphia yeah. most likely will. But they're getting a player with a, a lot of spunk that ignites a lot of passion in a defense. Maybe not. I don't believe he's a shutdown defensive back by any means, but I think that spunk can do a lot of things. I think back to the game against Tampa where Tampa what they scored a couple of field goals but I just remember the shot of him like I don't remember who was against I don't know if he like came on a blitz against Brady but didn't get there but did you ever did you did you remember this like he was I just do. like that smile he was like yeah <laughs> I feel like that will ignite a Philadelphia defense where a few years ago we were all talking about their play on the back end. So now they mm-hmm. got Slay last year and he played very, very well from a, a analytic standpoint. Mm-hmm. They get this guy now. Uh, I, I think it's a great move for Philadelphia. I like it a lot. Yeah, they have a lot of solid players on this team now. And uh, secondary was one of the weaker areas for them. But, you know, we're going to get to Philly more in depth a little bit later when we cover because this is our NFC preview show. So we'll get to Philly later. I don't want to belabor the point now, but you're right. I thought of all the small trades because there was actually like, I think, seven or eight very small trades of like linemen and linebackers moving guys that were on the edges of rosters that other teams liked. Um, but uh, yeah, Philly is definitely making use of their young quarterback right now and using all the money and, and capital that they have to build around them and say, all right, let's just see what we can do here. We're not paying you a lot right now. So, uh, all right, let's get into some rant rave recall. Do you have a rant rave recall? Oh, man, I do. I have a, I'm going to start the year with a rant. Ooh. Because it's the off season. And so the off season is when people spend time just spouting off Saying stupid things. Saying stupid things. <laughs> and I I'm, include myself in this just so everybody knows. Yeah, but not, I think your stupid things of optimism versus I'm really just sick of people being football pessimists that's a, you know what i love that you're going here i'm tired and and i know you you come off it and i'm not the tom brady hater but tom brady has ruined football 
He's ruined football because he's won so many Super Bowls. So anybody else or any other season that doesn't end with a Super Bowl is looked at as a disappointment. And obviously the ultimate goal of the sport is to get to the Super Bowl, correct? Sure, sure. But that doesn't mean that uh, four months of time that you can have a team have great success or even if you don't have a team that has great success, if you're having fun and enjoying yourself, that's what matters. So people don't need to be like, that was a waste, or they're awful, or why is this QB not won anything? Or right. Lamar's no, trash because yeah. he loses in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. We go through now 17 weeks of enjoyment, and we've talked many times about the significance of football. And yeah, it does for sure. For, for optimism and mm-hmm. happiness and stress relief. Those are these are times that we're supposed to be having fun. So where did we become just we're so down on people and run our mouths and don't appreciate things? And it makes me think back to I'll just say this: this has nothing to do with it. But last year when all the Aaron Rodgers drama came out and we were we never talked about this on air, but the thing that I really felt was yeah I'm disappointed by Aaron Rodgers' choices and actions and whatever during that. And it relates to you can be disappointed that your team didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but that doesn't take away from all of the great memories that I had throughout. So last year it was the career of watching the Packers or last year even, you know, the the first game against San Francisco when they had, I don't know, 33 seconds to go down and kick the game winning field goal. I literally absolutely. jumped up in the air. I was so excited. Yeah, I was, I was like, agreeing. That was a great, like, I'm not going to be like, that doesn't matter. Like, I wasn't excited that night. I didn't have a good time. <clears throat> Don't, I don't think we just get to say that people are trash or it didn't matter or they aren't worth something or like you wouldn't want to have them because they didn't get to the Super Bowl because that's that's dumb. I think it's a good point. And honestly, unfortunately, we're not going to get rid of those kind of people because I think the, the legitimate reason why they're that way is because that is what brings them joy, which makes me really sad. Uh, I don't mind being a hater every now and then. I've been a hater for Tom Brady most of my lifetime, right? I get it. That's fun sometimes, but I'm with you. Like, when the offseason has been as long as it has been, and it's just constant people being like, this guy can't do this, this guy can't do that, it does get very old very quick. I'm I'm 100% in your corner with this one. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, I have a, you know, I was going to rant about, a specific person hating. <laughs> um, oh. And I feel like you took that, so I don't feel like I want to do that. You were going to hate on somebody specifically? <laughs> I was going to rant. So I was going to rant about there was this person online that just would not shut up about the Buffalo Bills, and I was going to like just go in on that. But it's the same energy that you just brought, so I'm not going to go in on it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I am going to rave wow. about fantasy football (laughs) no in all seriousness i legitimately i've said this to you before many times i don't think i've ever said on the show the person who invented fantasy football is a genius okay for many reasons that i don't have time and i don't really want to use the time on our show to just go in on the person who invented fantasy football however i just want to point out that i am raving about it today because we're in the middle of draft season obviously we just had a couple over the weekend and I love it so much that because there are so many different variations of it. We are in hardcore dynasty leagues, each of us. We are in hardcore redraft leagues. But we can also have the ability to be in a league that we just drafted on Sunday where me and you are in it, right? We're big-time players, big-time followers of the sport. But your partner's in it. Our, a couple of our friends from the theater who have never played fantasy football before are in it. Uh, friends of of ours from on the on the West Coast are in it, right? It's just this group of people, some who have never played before, who don't really watch football, excited to play a game with us. And I think it's a really really cool way of connecting people. And you know, we, we talked about last year. Jenna was in this league and. They legitimately have never been a crazy football fan unless they're watching it with you or me, and enjoyed fantasy football last year. So I, I'm just I'm I'm raving that it's a really cool way to connect people and in a sport that I've already believed so much about the connection between fans. It's just a really cool extra way to to bring people together that may otherwise never have done that, right? Like, I'm going to go to work on Monday mornings talking to Kelsey about, hey, how about that matchup? And they're going to be able to be like, hopefully, wow, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) So, that's my rave. Okay. okay. All right. 
I like that. I don't know if it really so much unless you go out of your way to get people that have ever played to be like it unites people that wouldn't have been sure like, maybe totally maybe like, that's, but it's very sweet. um anyway simultaneous catch draft on saturday we'll be getting that going on. all right here we go we are going to our nfc preview we've got division winners we've got wild cards we've got breakout stars best rookies and we're going to tell each other our nfc championship game predictions Let's get right into it. Let's mm. go to your division, the NFC North. So do we want to do like a quick overview or do we just want to go right in for the for the winners and and discuss that? Um whatever whatever you prefer, my man. So the NFC North, obviously we've got the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. And I think we both would probably agree that the Bears and Lions near the bottom, but some hope for for Bears fans, Justin Fields looks really good in the preseason. Obviously, he's lacking a lot of weapons, and they're probably going to be a team on the outside, uh, the bottom of the the standings. The Lions, a lot of really good hype, positive energy coming from Detroit with Dan Campbell and, and you know hard knocks. hard knocks. People just love it, um, and uh, I, I mean I love it too. And they, they, I'm not saying that they're a playoff team. But I'm saying that this team is going to spoil a lot of team seasons because they've got weapons on offense. I think that this is likely going to be a team in the next year or two that's like ready to draft a quarterback and immediately be in contention or the next disgruntled star quarterback that wants to be traded ends up here and then they're a contender because they've got pieces galore. Uh, but then we end on the top, who likely battling for divisional crown, the Minnesota Vikings with a brand new coaching staff, Kirk Cousins happier, and the Green Bay Packers without Devonta Adams and a couple of other weapons and new pieces around him. I toss it to you. Who wins the division? Yeah, I'm going going to be my homer. God, I got the Packers. I'm actually very excited about this year. I think it's going to be a changing the guard. We've seen a lot of teams go to the Super Bowl on the back of defenses and that has kind of shifted a little bit with so much exciting offenses happening in the AFC but I'm really excited about this defense but honestly and I've gone on record numerous times about how I was I never thought I'd see a connection with Aaron Rodgers the way that he and Devontae worked but I'm really excited a few years ago I came on and chatted about how when DeAndre Hopkins left Houston that Deshaun Watson was going to have his best year and he did it did not translate to wins but he had his best statistical it's true, year he did there are too many times this past year and especially in the playoff game against San Francisco that Aaron Rodgers relied solely on Devontae Adams Aaron Rodgers is obviously getting up there in age but I believe he will become a better quarterback because of this because he needs to go back to being a field general versus being Devontae Adams and I have an amazing connection that can do anything. He has to think about what defenses are doing. He needs to look at them and he needs to find the open guy. So he no longer can just be like, Devontae's there, he's going to catch it. I'm very excited to see that. There are going to be bumps. Sure, There are yeah. going to be growing pains. I don't think they win 13 games for the fourth consecutive year necessarily, but I think they have enough control on their division to win it. Yeah, and I... I do I do like the the Vikings this year. Um I think the Vikings probably win 10 or 11 games this year. I think they just have too much talent on on especially the offensive side of the ball to to not be a pretty good team. And they lost I think 6 or 7 one score games at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um it was pretty bad. And I mean, but Kirk Cousins still ended up with 4200 yards, 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So Minnesota's going to be tough. They're not going to be easy. But I'm going with the Packers as well. And I know that, like, you you mentioned people hating on people. So many people are hating on Rodgers and the Packers. <laughs> it is insane to me. I know that that they're that they're missing some pieces early on. Although, isn't is it Bulaga who's injured and but is coming back? Well, Brian Bulaga has been on the team in quite some time. Why do I think it's Bulaga? Uh, there are two injuries. The Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari, that's why. And Elton Jenkins. Um, yes, but, but isn't Bakhtiari healthier than they thought and he's going to be back soon? Uh, neither of them are starting on the pup list, but they okay. are confirming. Okay, well, so again, a lot of people are maligning that, and I think that I think that 
the Packers are going to be slow out the gate to begin with anyway. Whereas all the, the last couple of years I talked about that they were going to start hot, and they did the last couple of years. But this year I think they might lose a couple of their games out of the gate. Like I think they might lose the opener to Minnesota because they're still figuring out the, you know, the Christian watch and Romeo dubs or dubs, however you want to say it, of it, right? But they still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, an amazing duo, maybe the best running back duo in the NFL. And I like Christian Watson, even though he's been silent uh, in camp and in preseason. They're still figuring that out. I like uh, Dubs, Dubs. I'm never, I'm always going to say both, I think, until I under, until I start hearing it called by announcers a certain way. But I like those pieces, right? And I think I agree with you, being able to spread the ball and not force it to Devontae Adams. The first drive of that playoff game against San Francisco, it was Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, touchdown, and they didn't score again because there was nowhere else to go, right? Now you're going to have to spread it out a little bit more. So, yeah, I think the Packers probably win 12, maybe 13 games this wow. year. I still think they're going to be totally fine. They were 7-0 and without Devontae Adams, and... Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon picked up the slack every time that happened. They still have Lazard there. They re-signed him. Aaron Rodgers loves him. Uh, Tunyon, is is he healthy? Uh, he's also didn't okay. start on the Well, he'll come back as well. So, again, I think that they're going to be just fine. I don't know that it's going to be another Aaron Rodgers MVP season for a fourth time in a row, but I think that he'll be fine. Yeah, Alan Lazard is one of the highest <sighs> – when when targeting Alan Lazard, he has the best statistic in the league. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and then, so obviously we haven't seen it a lot because Devontae Adams has always been there. But I think back to the game, it was two years ago. It was our last year living together was when they went down to the Superdome. And Alan Lazard had like seven catches for like a buck forty. Yeah, I remember that as well. I, my most vivid Alan Lazard memory is on a Detroit Monday night game where was, he dropped and they went right back to him and caught it. His first game. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Uh, all right, so we both have the Packers in the North. No surprises there for either of us. Let's go to the NFC South, one of the most fascinating divisions for me. Just a brief overview. Obviously, we've got the Bucks, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints. And you've got upturn all across the board, right? Obviously, the Falcons with this uh, second year of a new regime, Mariota's coming in. They've got, they drafted Drake London, my favorite receiver in the draft. So you've got London and Pitts, this huge six bolt. I think they're I think London's six foot four or five, and I know Pitts is four or five. So the Twin Towers, as they say. Um, then you've got. <laughs> Who says that? You've never heard of like the two tall receivers? They call them the Twin Towers? No. I've, I've heard that before. Regardless, we've got Tampa Bay where Tom Brady retired and then came back. Screw you. You should have stayed retired. Um, and then we've got the Saints with Jameis Winston, but with this whole new coaching staff, Sean Payton. What's that going to look like? Looks like Kamara's going to play. Looks like Michael Thomas is back healthy. They've got Chris Olave in there. Um, and then you've got, oh, wow, I just I just said their name and it's missing. The Panthers with... Baker Mayfield starting off with his revenge tour game. So I I throw this to you. Is this clear cut for you or? No, no. Okay, all. all right. No, it is not. You asked me to say who, my who answer. Who wins the division? I'm picking the New Orleans Saints right Ooh, now. Right now, buddy. On, well, we're still in August. Well, yeah, we're still in August. I'm but picking the Saints. Uh, I would have felt very confident about the Bucks had yeah. they not had all of all their these, offensive line issues, yeah. uh, injury after injury after injury. Because we know the way to get Tom Brady to lose is to rattle Tom Brady. Sure, yeah. And Tampa has done in his first two years a great job of protecting Tom Brady because of the quality of starters they've had on their offensive line. That's yeah. changed with injuries, with retirement. I'm picking the Saints. I'm 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 a little bit nervous about the the coaching regime. Okay. Okay. Because Sean Payton's not there, but the Saints, the last. Have always played Tampa hard. That's They've true. Tampa they crushed them in the first couple of weeks last year. They and they obviously did the shutout that I referred to earlier. Mm-hmm. They have great defensive pieces. The Saints, for the most part, last year before Jameis got hurt, was real hot. There was the That's one true. game I think it was Week Two that they put up a dud. I think they only scored one touchdown. But other yeah. than that, Jameis was playing very, very well. You talk about all those offensive pieces that they added in terms of wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really exciting. And even if I this is bold, I think even if I don't even know, uh, it's did Ian Book even make it? It's just an example. Even I actually if, think he was cut. If 
whoever, if Taysom Hill is back there again throwing the football, they have pieces better than they did last year. That's true, they do. make it happen. That's true, they do. So I'm all about it. So I am... I was really afraid I was gonna be. You were gonna call me like a oh, Tom Brady hater because I'm really afraid of the. Like I think the Bucks might fall apart this year. They're on their awesome. third string center. They're missing guards. Like they're they're missing pieces. All the, what's Chris Godwin gonna look like? Uh, I know Mike Evans is listed as healthy, but he pulled a hamstring in the in the preseason, and we know how long hamstring injuries can linger. Those things are hard to recover from if you're not just like resting. I mean. And I think Russell Gage also got tweaked in the preseason as well. Like, they've got injuries all across the board. They were, they're missing Gronk. Like, Leonard Fournette reported the camp way overweight. Like, I'm just saying. I don't know if I care about that so much. I, I'm just saying cherry on the top, right? Like, it's pretty crazy. And so I am not picking the Bucks, but I'm also not picking the Saints. I think the Panthers are going to win the division. Okay. This is my bold. This is bold. I know it's bold. And this is my, this is, you know, we're considering this a bold prediction here. But I must have done the season prediction thing for this division like 15 times because I could not figure it out. And I think it all ends up actually pretty close. Um, I think, I, you know, obviously everybody knows I'm the Falcons fan over here. But I think the Falcons could win seven or eight games because I think their offense is actually going to be pretty darn good uh, with some of the pieces that they have. Um, and then the Saints, obviously, like you said, they have got weapons galore on both sides of the ball. And I, but I just love the Panthers with Baker Mayfield. I maybe I will be the final Baker Mayfield stand, stand standing, right? Like I may be his last defender, but I'm so excited for Baker with this kind of offense, right? I'm I'm also on the Christian McCaffrey side. I think he's going to play the full season and be healthy and be okay. Um, and I love DJ Moore. We both like DJ Moore, as frustrating as he is in fantasy football sometimes. But I love DJ Moore. Um, I'm not as big on Robbie Anderson as some people, but he's a weapon there. They just traded for Louis Kishishnall, which could be interesting. Uh, Tommy Tremble, a, a second-year tight end from last year, a one that I really like coming on. Um, I just really like those pieces. And they've got a lot of really good young defenders here on this roster. And I think that... They're just going to be able to be in every game they play. And I believe in Baker Mayfield, not in all of them, because there are going to be moments where I think that he doesn't rise to it, right? But I think in more often than not those moments, Baker will rise to the occasion more than Sam Darnold did last year. And let's not forget, when Sam was healthy last year, they started 3-0, and right? So I think Baker, an obvious upgrade from Sam Darnold, in my opinion, leads them further down the road and I think that they may win this division with nine or ten wins but I think wow I really again I'm really really low in Tampa Bay I'm sorry I could I could be totally wrong I probably will be totally wrong but I yeah, think I think you're totally wrong on that part so you so so you think Tampa's still gonna win 11 or 12 games I think well they don't even need that you said nine I think Tampa wins at least 10 well I said nine or ten for for Carolina the reason but... I think you're wrong <clears throat> okay that's I right. respect it it's okay the reason I think you're wrong is not because I don't believe in Baker it's because I don't believe in the coaching staff there's yeah there's a the lot of questions staff. about Matt rule so even Dennis Allen I will say has been in the system of New Orleans yeah. they've retained all of that's that true. they know the winning Good pattern mm. where Matt rule has done very little to make me believe that they know how to operate I have never Never seen people 180 on a coach so fast though, because when Matt Rule was hired, people were so excited for Matt Rule. And oh, they, come on, people were so hang excited on, on, for Matt Rule. Remember his first name? I don't know. Chip Kelly. Oh, Chip that's Kelly, true. People I were... think is the equivalent. <laughs> the five years ago. Interesting. Matt Rule. Interesting comparison. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there were this hotshot young gun offensive and then, coordinator I, like, like guy. Like I'm saying is that, well, and Matt Rule did the whole thing where he's like, I don't coach either side. I'm just a football coach. Um, but regardless, I... The reason I say all of that, and I want to get your... But like you said, when Sam Darnold was healthy, everything was rolling. But yeah. when a, a wheel fell off, they didn't know what to do. They're yeah, like, yeah, we're just going to bring in, we're going to bring in this, we're going to make this work. We, and nothing worked. It's true. And that makes me real alarmed that they don't know how to refocus and I, adjust. I don't think that, again, I'm admitting this is a bold pick, right? Um, I just think that they have... I think that every team, other than New Orleans, if I'm being totally honest here... Like the two, like the Panthers and 
even the Falcons to an extent, but especially the Tampa Bay, already has so much variance within them that I don't know how to predict that. So I was going to pick the Saints, but then as soon as Baker got traded, I was like, I just think I totally see Baker Mayfield going insane because he wants to shut Browns fans up who were happy to get rid of him. Oh, I think that will happen week one. Oh, yeah, week one's going to be in Cleveland, nuts. That, that'll be a ton of fun, but... The recipe that New Orleans has to rattle Brady will definitely rattle sure, Baker. Sure, We know what happens sure. when Baker gets rattled. The smart – I'll say this, and then we'll move on to the next division. The smart money is to put it on the Saints, I think, because I think that the Bucks are going to take a couple of steps back. Um, and the easy – and again, Jameis is obviously a, a variant as well. Um, that's the easy money but I or the safe money. But I think that the best way to make money off of this is to put just a little bit on, on the Panthers because I think that they're just as good as those two other teams. Interesting. Okay. All right, moving on. We're going to the NFC East. Ceased. Uh, to the NFC East. Uh, oh, oh, golly gee, guys. Another – Fascinating division, and I want to correct this because Mike, our resident Cowboy correspondent, did correct me last season, and I think I corrected in the next episode, but it's been almost, uh, I don't know, I'm going to mess this up again. It's been a long time since there's been a repeat division champion in this uh, division, right? And a lot of people are picking the Dallas in this division. The Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys in this division. It's a well-oiled machine, my friend. Um, But Philly, adding all these pieces, we talked about Gardner-Johnson addition today. That defense already has a bunch of great players on it. Uh, Jalen Hurts, another year in the system. A.J. Brown coming in. Uh, Devontae Smith, a second year healthy. They've got Dallas Goddard, who they love. They've got Sanders and Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, a solid offensive line. Um, and then obviously the Cowboys have lost a lot of pieces. Injury to Tyron Smith is going to be huge on that offensive line. Uh, a lot of people are believing in a Zeke comeback year because of injuries and things like that. We talked about early on. We thought Zeke looked good, but Tony Pollard coming in, catches the passes, CD Lamb in a second year. They obviously lost Amari Cooper. Uh, Micah Parsons, a second year um, guy that we both love. And I, I'm not really believing that. I don't think that the Commanders or the Giants are threats, really. Uh, I um, like Commanders a lot. So then I'll toss it to you to talk about the Commanders, if that's who you're going with, or to talk about them first and then go to who you're going to go for the division. The Commanders are not who I am going with with the division winner, Okay. But I don't think we should be acting as if it's crazy for them to do so. This is the hardest team for me, I want to say. That's why I'm tossing it to you. We so I will even because I will I will bring up a reference that our Cowboys correspondent did talking a handful of years ago talking about the fluctuation of team defense is very difficult from year to year to year. Typically, yes, it is. The Commanders have so so much talent that's, on defense. They do that yeah. did not live up last year. Yeah, and that's that true. That is why I think they faltered oh, in a lot okay. of different areas. So is your argument it can come back? It can absolutely come yeah. back because okay. they have so many high round draft picks, right. so many high talented players uh, on every level yeah. uh, of that defense that is just very, very exciting to me. I like their offseason additions. Like, you know, we're, we're big fans of Dotson, the PSU guy that I think can do it all. Reports have been very, very glowing about him in camp. But I will say I just – and I, I can't – I'll die on this hill this year. Potentially, I do not at all hate Carson Wentz. I okay. don't think he's a bad quarterback. Okay. And I, I think if so, – so the argument, I think the ultimate trump card, if you will, against his argument is just that he did, that he did fall flat right. the final week. Right. You can even say two weeks final maybe, two weeks. yeah. But other than that, if he wins those games, we're not talking about that. If he wins those games, I think he's still in Indianapolis. Probably, probably. So I think it was a, I, I think it was a knee jerk reaction for Indianapolis to respond the way that they did. I was surprised when it happened. And uh, personally, uh, a GM or excuse me, an owner that I really like in in Chris Ballard, uh, I, he's just been acting like a thirteen year old girl that's gone through her first breakup. That he keeps talking about Carson Wentz. Yeah, I don't keeps throwing him under the bus. I think you brought this saying, up the other day. I was like, why doesn't Jim Irsay just get quiet? Because <laughs> he just can't help himself. Uh, yes, Jim Irsay. Excuse me. Thank you uh, for correcting that. I will say. 
it's important in my opinion. Actually, I don't even know. I do want to talk about this because sure. it's important. Sure. Because so we talk about the zero and three start last year in Indianapolis, right? Yes. I think it's important to say that they started zero and three, and then we were talking about in week sixteen they're playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. There's not a lot of teams that that happens with. That's a good point. And that's not all on that's Carson a good Wentz. Point. I will say this because I looked this up. The first three weeks that they played, they lost all three, right? The player that you pounded the table for saying was the league MVP. Jonathan Taylor. He had 160 total yards. In the first three games. In the first three games. All right. Carson Wentz, uh, except for uh, week three when he didn't throw a touchdown or a pick, he had three touchdowns to one interception. Yeah. That was every part of the team was not operating to the full capability, sure. not Carson Wentz. No, I— And I, so to pull out of I don't hate goal, Carson Wentz. I think it's important to note. So I'm excited. I will say—this is—I'm just uh, passionate about this because one of our coworkers is a Commanders fan, and I have—like I said, if Carson Wentz falls on his face, then I'll be like, you're right, he's bad. Mm. But I don't—I I, just—I believe in this player— Maybe I, the debate is dead between like who would Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott, oh, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. dead. Yeah. But he's not a player that is like this is trash. I I, I would agree. I agree with that as well. I I want to be very clear. I just am so confused on the Commanders in general because there's a lot that I like, but there's a lot of unknown, and a lot of that is wrapped up in Carson Wentz, unfortunately. But you're right. He's 28 years old. He's he, he could still land in this position and be. A franchise's quarterback for a while, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. But Anyways, again, go ahead. I'm not picking the Commanders. I'm picking uh Philadelphia. Okay. I, I okay. Love, I don't believe there's a bad move that Philadelphia made this offseason. I would agree I'm with really that statement. About it, they added so much. It's time for Jalen Hurts to put up or shut up. And I think he he put up in a lot of instances last year. Maybe I would agree with that argument that some of it was garbage time. No, I don't enough. agree with that. Hold on, hold on. The people that would t- say that to you are the same DAC defenders who said garbage time what and like ran all these like analytical stats out to say that like garbage time isn't a real thing and that you're still playing and all this stuff. I've seen it happen. So if anybody is coming at you with, oh, Jalen Hurts garbage time, I promise they've defended somebody they liked on their team with garbage time before. So. There are just so many pieces that I really like about this Philadelphia team. The additions you talked about, A.J. Brown. Uh, I love what they did on their defense, adding this even Gardner Johnson today, but drafting to Kobe Dean and get get in the middle. One of my favorite Rasan players, Reddick, who had a great year, part of that huge Carolina year. Defense. Yeah, uh, he's coming home. Big contract. He's coming home. He's super excited to be home in Philadelphia. He went to Temple, so he's from there. He's just proud to rep that home team. I think he's going to go out there and play with fire because of that. And like you said, it's it's just. The losses in Dallas, injury, people leaving, that make me nervous. Amari Cooper's gone. Yeah. Randy Gregory's gone. Yeah. They, Tyron Smith, just he injured. wasn't yeah. healthy all of last year, but they lost other pieces on the offensive line that is no longer the stalwart. We talked about offensive line like Dallas is number one. Right. Uh, I do believe in Zeke this year. I'm, I'm a Zeke supporter. I always have been. I really like him. But just when, when it comes to it, I think Philly has a more complete team. You know, I'm we'll, take them to win the division. And that fits the trend that there hasn't been a repeat champion and <laughs> Dallas won last year. For a lot of fans, it comes down to Dak versus Hurts, right? For a lot of fans. I'm not even talking just Dallas fans. I'm not even talking just Mike, our friend, right? Because this is also something that he said, too, that it comes down to the quarterbacks, right? Um, but there are a lot of people all across media, all across football fandom that say, is Hurts better than Dak? And if the answer is no, then the Cowboys are going to win the division. And I just refuse to believe that. I don't think that's I'm, true. I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles as well, and this is so easy for me. And it could be wrong, right? This is what the sport – This I think the NFL over almost any other sport, if not every other sport, has the most variance because – it's a 16-17 game season and any given Sunday, right? Somebody could show up and beat somebody, right? Taking that out of it, this is so easy for me. It has to be Philly. They are better at, I wanted to pause, minus quarterback, because I do think Dak is better than Hurts. I don't think that that's crazy. I don't think there's any other position that Dallas is better. 
like just one player versus another? Oh well, no. If we're talking, if we're like ranking players, obviously Micah Parsons is up there, okay. right? I'm talking about unit, right? Like I, I, I would take any like unit on Philly over. So their front seven, I'm taking Philly's front okay. seven, right? Their secondary, I'm taking. Uh, I know Diggs is phenomenal, and I love Diggs, but as a unit, okay. especially with Gardner Johnson. I'm taking the Philly secondary. I'm taking Philly's offensive line. I'm taking Philly's running back room. That might be controversial as well because of Zeke, but like I people throw Miles Sanders in the trash like he's nothing. Miles Sanders was actually really good last year. He just didn't get in the end zone because Jalen Hurts stole all the all the touchdowns, okay? Uh but with Boston Scott, a guy that I know you love, and Kenny Gamewell, another running back that we both like. That I would take that running back room. I'm definitely taking AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And uh, even Quez Watkins, that trio over CeeDee Lamb and who, right? Like, I know that Michael Gallup got this contract, and I love Michael Gallup, but when's he going to play? I don't know, right? They have this, uh, they have the rookie, Thornton, who is really cool as well, that I really like. Wait, no, is Thornton the New England receiver? There's a, there's two receivers that I really like. One was in New England, and one is in Dallas. I'm going to look this up real quick. Hold on. I'm pretty sure Dallas is. Give me one second. I thought it was Tyquan Thornton. But maybe that's in uh, in New England. His first name's Jalen, isn't it? Um, Dallas Cowboys draft picks. Well-oiled machine, guys. There's no stopping us. Um, Jalen Tolbert, thank you. Yeah, Tyquan Thornton's in New England, who I like, who got injured. Uh, but Jalen Tolbert, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on this young rookie to come in. Again, this is not a hate on Dallas. I like Dallas. I think Dallas is... Probably still going to make the playoffs. We'll get to our wild card picks in a little bit here. But I just so easy for me to pick Philly. And you know what? Maybe there'll be egg on my face when Jalen Hurts is so much worse than Dak Prescott. Whatever. I, I'm just willing to put my money on Philly. I think they're a better team. Okay, so we're both going Philadelphia for the NFC East. Sorry, Mike, we still love you. Moving on to the NFC West, another volatile division. There could be three teams from this division making the playoffs. We've got the 49ers officially on Trey Lance mode, but Jimmy G just re-signed for at least one more season. That'll be something to follow during uh, the year. I was going to say the year this year, but that will be something to follow throughout the year. And then we have Seattle, a possible bottom feeder team, hoping to get a quarterback next year or the year after that. They did officially name Geno Smith the starter for at least week one. And then, of course, we have the defending Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams. And who's to say what Matt Stafford's arm is doing these days? How do you feel about this division? I think it's kooky. I think... I also my, didn't my mention the Arizona Cardinals, but like, there could be three playoff teams here. I was like, I don't think so. I think it's a pretty weak division. Ooh. I do. I'm, I'm not, well, you don't like the Cardinals and you I don't think, believe in Trey Lance. I think through week eight, the Cardinals are great. I don't believe in anything after that. Maybe that this is strategic that they, that Hopkins isn't going to be there to start. So then when he comes back, he's the anti-skid player. And then all of a sudden, they're hot. Mm, I just I just don't know. They lost some important pieces this offseason, in my opinion. Okay. Chandler yeah, Jones, I think, did. was a defensive cornerstone, although up there in age. But I think they won't have as great a pass rush due to that. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I, I like them. I'm glad that they got all the Kyler Murray drama figured out and settled. And that's I'm glad about that as well. But I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if... James Connor, I think it, even though we know him, I shouldn't just refer to him as James. I don't know if he can stay healthy throughout the course of the entire year and and be the guy. I think last year was a bit of a resurgence where no one was expecting him to be similar to when he was his was it his second year? Or was it was it, his second year. He, he was a he was, he was year, but breakout. Yeah, his second year was definitely a breakout and year for Pittsburgh. When he was like, "You're the guy," it, it faltered a little bit. We'll see if now like. We handed you the keys. Let's see if you can keep doing it. Obviously, I hope so because we really like the player. But we'll have to see if if that can be a thing. Um. Yeah. So you're I, going Rams. I, I I think the Rams. The Matt Stafford injury worries me a little bit. Sure. Yeah. We'll have to see how that progresses throughout the year because I don't think it's going to be an early season thing. But we'll have to see as wear and tear continues right. to go. That's a good point. And that's why it's really kind of known as a baseball injury. Yeah. And obviously a much longer season in baseball, but we'll have to see what what is happening with that later on down the road. But the Rams did nothing but get better. They did add pieces, that's for sure. In, in 
getting Bobby Wagner. But they lost Von Miller. Yeah, but Von Miller was overrated to go there. Oh, we'll save that for the next division preview. I said to go. He didn't, other than the playoff run, he didn't do much when he got there at the trade deadline. Okay. I mean, playoff Von is different than regular season Von. It's true. So, yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald deserves to be suspended, but saying that uh, the Rams are going to win this division. Okay, uh, I'm going to 49ers, and this comes down to uh, the quarterback belief. No, I know you don't believe in him. I do. All. I think he's going to be awesome. I think him and Kyle Shanahan together are just going to make magic. Um, and honestly, I feel way more confident about this pick knowing that Jimmy's going to be there on the off chance that I'm wrong. They're going to be like, you know what, Jimmy? We made the title game with you. We'll put you back in. I I just I think Trey Lance is going to be great. I love that they have this huge bevy of backs that are just – that. San Francisco always rolls out and is always great. And all of a sudden, they're talking about, wow, Trey Sermon actually had a really good camp. Um, Ooh, I so, heard that he did nothing. Oh, well, I I read an article on The Athletic that said he had a good camp. I don't know. It's the preseason. It's fine. Um, but regardless, I just I love all the weapons. They got Debo Samuel back. They talk about Brandon Ayuk is probably going to have a breakout season. I thought that last year. George Kittle is back healthy. They've got this offensive line. They've got amazing defensive players in San Francisco. Javon Kinlaw has yet to be unlocked, and he's like their third best defensive lineman right now, and he's a monster. So I just, I think that I I do like the three teams that we just mentioned, and I do think it's actually going to be really close between all three teams. So I have a completely different vision of this division than you do. I don't believe in Trey Lance Um, at all. And I am so behind Trey Lance this year. I have him in multiple fantasy leagues. And he could be great for fantasy. He probably will. I will say this. He's probably decently guaranteed for fantasy because he's going to rush for 40, 50 yards a game probably. And that's just a great baseline to have for a quarterback. And he's going to get goal line opportunities. But I just think that that will translate, especially with how good their defense is going to be, in my opinion. As the famous preseason hater. That's true. <laughs> I, did, I didn't see anything from Trey Lance. Anything? Season. No. There's multiple great highlight plays. Multiple great highlight plays? He had three or four bombs down the field to guys. I, when? In the first game, he threw a touchdown pass to Dorian Gray for like 75 yards. Okay, so if your wide receiver can outrun a guy, then yeah, you can hit that. But other than that, he but, has plays for like see, seven passes completed for like 35 yards. I'm, that's why I'm so excited about him, though. We talked about, like, the reason the 49ers lost the Super Bowl is because Jimmy G missed his guy deep on the play that should have won the game for them. But... In again, it's the so freaking it's the freaking preseason. The ball deep doesn't guarantee wins. No, it doesn't. But you're saying, oh, your wide receiver ran past the guy. Good for you. He did it in the Super Bowl, and the quarterback missed him. So what I'm saying is that the offense is built around they're going to run it and break you down, and then have a wide receiver open. They just need the quarterback with the arm to get there. And I think that's Trey Lance. I just don't. I don't think he. Put some pressure on the kid. He's not. He won't. I think he will not go to this. He's gonna run out of the pocket. I'm really excited that we're that we are like at arm. At arm. But I think I that's why he'll be great at fantasy because he's not gonna. He wait will be to great run at the fan- 75 yeah. yard. He's gonna run. And all seriousness, he will be great at fantasy, regardless of how long they. I mean, depending obviously if they stick with him, I think they do well. Um, but I feel like there might be a fun Trey Lance bet for us to have at some point. We don't have to decide it right now if you don't want to. But I'm just saying, from everything that I've read, especially okay. during those preseason games, sure. they were like, I don't care if he completed seven passes for sure. 28 yards. I was like, proud to see him in the pocket. And I was like, right. well, when people are bringing vanilla pass rush, yeah, you can I am, maneuver the pocket fine. I, I am definitely interested to see what happens week one, excuse me, and what kind of defensive uh, pressures and looks they will bring against him in his first... Well, not his first start. He and started well, a couple games only, last year, but... Not only that, I feel like... It could be a I, – I won't be surprised if week one Trey Lance looks amazing sure. because they don't know necessarily how to – And they got to figure it but out. But it's going to be yeah. like they figure That's it out. That's a good out. point. I, the reason why I'm not as worried about that is I I think that we and, – and again, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson. Please, nobody aggregate this and say, well, Adam Ross, he thinks Trey Lance is Lamar Jackson. But we've seen players like Jackson and Murray and talked about how when defenses figure them out, and sure, they have bad games just like pocket quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have had before. But they're still succeeding in the NFL, and I, I don't think there's going to be a moment where people crack the code on Trey Lance and all of a sudden he can't throw a football. Um, I, I, I agree that there is definitely 
a possibility for him to actually be not that great. I'm not saying that it's a slam. <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. I am just pretty confident in the team, and I think that he is the perfect type of quarterback that Shanahan wants in this system. I agree that he's the type of quarterback that Shanahan wants, mm. which obviously why they traded. Of course, to go get him. yes, but for the team itself, I still feel like Jimmy is a better option okay. because. Other than the last memory we have of Jimmy, which is the silly fumble thing. Sure, yeah. Jimmy is, you have a great defense, you have a great yeah. offensive line, you have a good running game. Like, he's he's not going to make let's, mistakes. Let's, let's be a game manager. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly see, but I think this will be fun. I didn't think we were going to be at such lengths. about. I know about about Lance, but I, especially the division, I didn't realize that we were going to yeah, be Yeah, I think the um, Rams pretty much run away with it. So, well, then I'm going to start on my three wild card picks for the NFC before okay. we get to title games because I do have both the Rams and the Cardinals in the playoffs. Okay. Um, and then I do also have the Dallas Cowboys. Now, so those are my three uh, wild card teams. I will say the final spot is a three way tie between Dallas, Arizona, and Minnesota. <laughs> it, it, they all ended up with the same record at, at, on my final like 500th simulation I did. Um, but. They all ended up tiebreakers, and it just ended up – that's the way it ended up with uh, the Cowboys, the Rams, and the Cardinals being being in on it. So my seven teams in the NFC North are the division winners, the Packers, the Panthers, the Eagles, and the Niners, and the three – Why <laughs> you, have the, you have the Niners winning the division? Yes, that's what I said. Oh, my God. You're right. You did. I thought, that, I thought that's why you got so – like fired up that I, I said that. You, I'm sorry. I you totally <laughs> right what you're talking about. I thought you just had them making the playoffs. No, no, no. Division. Wow. Um, and then I have the Cowboys, Rams, and the Cardinals as the wild card teams in the NFC. That is that's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. It's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be so great. I um so I have the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. Okay, so we both have the Cowboys still making it, so... We have a player or a team that you have as your technically again, high team. Again, yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota I could, was really hard for me to leave out because I, I, I think they're very I good. I like them. I think they're going to be a lot more inspired mm-hmm. than they were under Mike Zimmer where I think the team was just afraid yeah. last year with Mike Zimmer. And the and Bucks I make sense. The Bucks make sense. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I... They just... They won't lose that many games. It's fair. Tom Brady has an aura that they're down 28 points in the playoffs and they come back you're probably right you're probably right i just i if i'm gonna psychoanalyze myself i saw an opportunity to hate on tom brady <laughs> and the stats actually backed me up the scenario backed me up and i said let's hate on tom brady but regardless um awesome exciting so uh i say we round out the episode by picking our nfc championship games here you, we go I'm you go ahead go, man why you do go i have for, to go first yeah, every time because i you're, you're great I'll go uh, first on the AFC episode. How about that? On everything. <laughs> I'm going to fall on my face here again because I'm going for, I believe, the third year in a row. Actually, I don't think I picked them two years ago. I think it's going to be the Packers versus the Rams. Okay. I I really love the defense. The defense yeah. tone Packers. Yeah. They absolutely put the clamps down on San Francisco last year. They were doing absolutely nothing until the final drive when all of the momentum shift. And I don't know if people believe in momentum, but after that, Special teams touchdown. There was no way San Francisco it's true. wasn't going to score points. And That's it was a point. field goal. So it wasn't even a touchdown. So they did great. You text me that night. You're like, this defense is great. They've only added to it. I'm really excited about that. And the Rams, I just think this is more so just because I think the NFC is is, is a, the weak division. It is the weak conference. conference. It is the weaker conference. conference. I, you'd be hard-pressed to describe to me if that it wouldn't be. But I agree. So they, they added this year... They're obviously the the king of the hill right now. Uh, I think kind of lucky to have been so personally. So I yeah. Uh, who wins? Uh, I I'm gonna say the back. Okay, I will say this. So if we have new listeners, Josh isn't that much of a homer. Homer like they've gone three straight years. I just want to say that. Um, second of all. I would like to say mine really quick because also my Mac is going to die and it's not plugged <laughs> in. But we're going to round off the episode with me saying my NFC Championship game is the Packers as well versus the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. So I didn't have them in the division winner. And I know that they have a lot of 
uh, blind spots, but I think that they're going to be that team that sneaks in in the wild card and gets hot. What I think they're. I be. think they're gonna get hot, and I think it's gonna be a rematch between the two. And I'm sorry <laughs> to have, be this heartbreaker, but I'm gonna say Packers as well in the NFC. They're gonna beat. Wait, the, they're so gonna beat the Cowboys. You, so you broke Dallas's heart, not mine. No, not your heart. I'm t- I'm speaking to our Dallas fans because there's actually <laughs> like eight Dallas fans that listen to our podcast. So <laughs> I will say that'd be a ton of fun. It'll be a rematch. It will be a rematch. Yes. I cannot. No matter what happens, if that happens, Matt LaFleur could call the perfect game. Aaron Rodgers is going to take over because Aaron Rodgers is not going to let Mike McCarthy. Absolutely. That's why, I again, that's another reason why I picked. I think it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know what's also crazy is that Mike McCarthy could end up being the first coach fired. So <laughs> so there you have it. Josh has the Rams and the Packers, the Pack going to the Super Bowl, and I have the Packers and the Cowboys Packers going over. Um, so we're going to have our AFC preview before week one as well. Um, and uh, if we have time in that episode, we'll do our picks for week one. If not, we'll just do a wrap-up of week one. Anything else you got, pal? Uh, yeah, make sure you check out. We have our simultaneous catch fantasy football draft coming out soon mm-hmm. as well. So make sure you check out that episode before we kick off the season as well. We're really excited about that. We're going to come back and win for Nathan Peterman. Yeah, man. we It was a tough season last year, but we'll, we'll cover that we later on. All right, we're back. Season five of Simultaneous Catch. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. God bless.